Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the last session of our series Legal Expert Guide to Data Breaches and Ransomware Attacks in Southeast Asia. As you know, uh, we'll be discussing uh, Indonesia and related laws in today's session. Myself, Vinay Ahuja, and I'm a regional partner with DFDL. Before we go to the event, a small intro about us who have not attended any of our previous sessions. So we are a Southeast Asian firm with full legal and tax services across 12 offices in nine countries. Uh, we sit with around uh, 200 advisors and 24 nationalities. That kind of creates a regional capabilities into our offices. Uh, as a matter of practice, we take great pride in our regional capabilities with our regional practice groups and with our core, core sector competencies. We advise more than 2,500 clients across the region. If we were to talk about Indonesia, uh, we work in Indonesia. We have been established there since uh, 2012, and we work in exclusive collaboration with Mataram Partners uh, in Indonesia. Uh, today, we have uh, for the topic we have uh, Sri Vayu Ningsin. She is our senior legal consultant in Jakarta and she leads our corporate practices. So today we'll be discussing the data breach and the ransomware attacks, regulations, general practices, and our practical experiences in Indonesia. So as uh, most of you will be aware, uh, there has been, uh, one could say, a significant rise into the data breaches and the ransomware attacks in the region. Uh, I would more call it the digitalization of the society and kind of coupled with COVID, uh, this has kind of led to a larger, its growth should be a negative term for this, but yes, a larger growth into ransomware attacks in the region. Uh, last month, there was a training done by UNODC for Thailand, Malaysia and Philippines, and kind of it was reported a rise of 600% cases in 2021 uh, in ransomware attacks and data breaches. And they estimated that the world will be saying uh, around one ransomware attack every 12 seconds. So yeah, so uh, we are moving towards a, a little dangerous world wide web. And let's see how uh, the companies and uh, how our clients need to be well prepared for any of this. So, so uh, welcome, Sri, and uh, we look forward to a discussion with you. Uh, uh, before, kind of, uh, as an introduction uh, uh, to the general, uh, one could say, uh, uh, overview of Indonesia, could you explain, like, what has been the uh, or the level of growing prevalence of ransomware attacks in Indonesia? Uh, are we seeing a lot of data breaches, or what are the top harms? Uh, being currently done because of these data breaches and in your experience or your knowledge, what are the industries most commonly affected by these data breach incidents? Okay, um, thank you very much Vinay for the opening and uh, introductions. Okay, um, jumping into the subject of the uh, of our discussion today, as you mentioned earlier that, you know, um, I think it's not only happened in Indonesia, but it's a global phenomenon, whereas, you know, um, 
due to the digitalization world and the, you know, um, the electronic system growth um, that is impacted our day-to-day uh, -day lives, especially supported by the pandemic situation in the last couple of years, where, you know, in every sector of uh, business in Indonesia, uh, mostly and majorly are mandated to do a work from home. Um, and due to the situation, the level of growth um, of cyber attacks or ransomware and so on and, and similar uh, situation has been growing in, in Indonesia. Um, we have a uh, uh, national uh, agency, a uh, governmental agency called BSSN. It is actually stands for a State Cyber and Passport Authority. Um, this is this authority is actually reporting directly to the uh, to the president, and they are supervising and managing um, uh, cyber and passport related affairs in Indonesia. And according to uh, the BSSN uh, data, um, this year alone, starting from January until uh, August 2021, there has been around 800 more than 880 million cyber attacks in Indonesia. And uh, if, we, if we're seeing from the uh, data collection from the uh, private enterprise called McAfee uh, Enterprise, uh, according, uh, according to information they provided, they also noted that there has been, you know, significant uh, increase in terms of cyber attacks and ransomware, especially uh, with regards to the um, uh, 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 governmental uh, governmental sectors um, and uh, entertainment, which is suffering around 60% a level of increase. But uh, there's also good news that it is noted in some areas, in some sectors of business is also having a, a decrease uh, for around 50% compared to last year um, in the uh, sector of telecommunication and 26% of uh, decrease for a uh, factory industrial sector. Um, but if we're talking about the industries that must commonly affected by data breach incidents, uh, there the top five the top five are actually uh, government governmental authorities, and then followed by telecommunication, energy, media, and industry. Uh, I think uh, for some uh, public, it's quite um, uh, uncommon that banking and financial sectors is not actually in the top five, because if we see or what we heard from the news. Um, the, the uh, sector or the institution that are often um, uh, heard uh, who's suffering from a uh, data breach or ransomware is actually banking, banking and financial uh, sectors. Uh, because, um, you know, uh, if we're talking about what are the type of the top harms, uh, of course, it's a leak of private data. Everything that mentioned in this, uh, in this slide is actually uh, there. Uh, the personal data leaks uh, that may or may not lead to monetary loss or frauds and uh, a virus, uh, virus infection and also, um, you know, uh, literal or real monetary loss that is uh, suffered by the relevant organization or the persons. Um, when if we see from the um, data uh, issued by Indonesia Financial Service Authority, banking sectors um, starting from uh, the first semester of 2020 until the first semester of this year, uh, there has been um, a total of real uh, monetary loss of around 200 and more than 240 billion rupees or around uh, 17 uh, million dollars. and. Uh, 
when it comes to the personal um, customers of the banking sectors, it is um, it is known that the uh, monetary loss, the actual monetary loss suffered is around one million dollar. Um, so it's actually a, a, a pretty um, what do you call it? It's a it's a pretty uh, updated or a, a pretty fun subject nowadays in Indonesia, especially related to the financial situation where um, the uh, OJK or the financial service authorities has been, you know, having this campaign for the uh, people, for the societies to be more aware about the, pers- uh, the importance of personal data and what it may cause, uh, what it may uh, result in, uh, and uh, losses and damages that it may create. Thanks, Sri. Uh, you mentioned about uh, authorities uh, be right, directly reporting to the president, and you talked about OJK, and you talked about uh, government being one of the largest, uh, one of the sectors which is attacked mainly. So. Uh, can we say that there is already a, a robust law or a, 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 a complete structure of laws and regulations existing in Indonesia on data breach incidents? So uh, can you give an overview of what, what's the, what are the laws and regulations that are, that are cu- currently uh, governing data breach incidents in Indonesia? Okay. Um, luckily, Indonesia has been aware of the importance of, you know, a legal instrument to regulate uh, uh, data protection or data breaches and, uh, you know, electronic system information and so on. So since uh, the since 2008, uh, Indonesia has issued electronic transaction and information law, which is the law number 11. Uh, but you know, again, as a civil uh, civil law country, where Indonesia is adopting civil law system, meaning uh, there's no way this one you know huge uh, subject issues can be regulated in one legal instrument only, and that's why uh, uh, one law and the other laws are interconnecting. Uh, let's just say for uh, data breaches, it's not only regulated under the IT law, but it can also be stretched out into criminal uh, criminal law code. And then uh, if it's related to a civil case um, for, you know, compensation, it can also be stretched out into um, the Indonesian civil code. But if we talk about uh, private data protection in particular, we also have a a, a special uh, law for that. It's called Minister Regulation of uh, Minister Informatics and Communication, number 26 of 2016. But again, if we're talking about whether it is comprehensive or not, uh, we don't, I, we Personally, and the uh, and the and the uh, and and you know and the public doesn't uh, don't think so, and uh, and that is why the government is actually in the discussion to be issuing a special law that will be regulating a private data protection. Oh yeah, and I think it also needs to be noted that you know when it comes to data uh, data incidents, data breaches for uh, banking and financial sectors, they will be regulated under different regime. Um, uh, they will be regulated under the uh, OJK or uh, Financial uh, Service Authority regulations. Thank you, Sri. I believe uh, Indonesia is uh, pretty advanced in terms of some of our other jurisdiction in ASEAN uh, when we talk about governing law related to data breach incidents. Uh, sure, sure. Again, uh, Beyond law, uh, if one could talk about uh, what should be uh, the response of our clients or what should be the cybersecurity best practices uh, which a company should adapt today 
or in your view, what are the top ones for any internal or external data breach incidents? Okay, um, if we're talking if we're talking about response to internal and external data breach incidents, I think the first key point that needs to be highlighted is preparation. Um, the organization needs to have uh, you know a system to prepare instead of just you know uh, instead of just rehabilitating the issue. They need to have the preparation system first by having uh, if it's possible to by having you know uh, in the independent team, whether internal or external, by having, uh, you know, uh, mitigation guidelines, by having a protection. I mean, the easiest way can be in, in a form of uh, antivirus or, or anti-malware and, you know, uh, by uh, creating awareness within the organization of the importance of data protection and if possible and probably also uh, implementing sanctions uh, in terms of, you know, internal breaches that probably made or um you know this uh conducted on the uh by internal parties intentionally and that is why um you know uh building awareness and preparation is very important but in case the uh, data breaches or cyber attacks has already happened there are uh regular not regular but general steps that that can be uh, taken by the clients or their organization the first step is identification and analysis um so um we need to identify and you know uh what type of the breaches, uh, type of the viruses, and you know the analysis system that uh, that is uh, uh, compromised and so on. And after that, uh, after we have obtained identification and analysis, the organization can uh, conduct containment activities, uh, containment in a framework to you know prevent the viruses and uh, the attacks to spread further uh, within the system. And then, if possible, after the identification, containment, then uh, it can go further to deletion, delete the uh, the uh, you know. Uh, uh, the impacted of files, the viruses and, and malware, and then recovery um, through uh, file decrypt, uh, decryption and then system validation. The last step, if it's uh, deep further, then the organization can brought this uh, further to the relevant authority, to BSSN or to the police if they deem necessary. But in order to do that, the organization needs to build a proper documentation and proper report and have um, you know documenting evidence in a proper manner so their case can be uh, processed further. Thank you. So uh, again, uh, when we talk about best practices adopted as a response team, uh, what next? Like if one could say uh, any policies, uh, I mean, uh, Though you answer this question uh, in a kind of uh, what are the pre steps, but what for us if you have to immediately prepare for an incident, or have you seen any practical experiences uh, where a data breach incident has happened, and what did the uh, company actually do, or what they could have done better, or uh, any of your related experiences? Okay, um, in this matter, B, uh, BSSN actually has issued a some sort of guidelines that can be used by, you know, uh, 
a personal or institution in order to, you know, uh, increase uh, their data protection uh, and to anticipate any uh, un unwanted uh, cyber attacks. Uh, these steps are actually pretty simple, but sometimes neglected due to, you know, unwariness of the importance. And, um, you know, we took these steps for granted, such as, um, you know, to deactivate the port surface plugin to, you know, un unused devices and then downloading or uh, uh, downloading or implementing antivirus legal one and, you know, um, notify uh, notify the relevant parties within the organization not to enter into illegal um, you know websites not to download uh, suspicious uh, emails attachments and so on um, and then I think one of the most crucial ones uh, is that you know the data backup uh, it is very easy but sometimes, you know, forget and slip off our mind. And BSSN is actually advised that instead of having that, not instead of, but to complement the data backup that normally are conducted through online or in cloud system or whatever system that the company has, it is advised to also have a uh, offline storage system because you know uh, just in case that the um, system needs to be uh, uh, quarantined or need to be contained then the company will will always have the backup uh, in online storage and of course in in, in general manners um, you know uh, the company needs to needs to needs to conduct susceptibility identification patch security um, system management uh, and it's also needs to conduct it uh, period periodically, and then um, it also advised for the every person or every parties within the um, organization to conduct a password change because you know it is also very easy, but sometimes it is forgotten. So yeah, password change. And then, um, you know, uh, active communication with BSSN. BSSN is actually open for any uh, suggestions or any, um, uh, you know, reports that uh, that is relevant with regards to the cyber attacks and uh, data protections. Oh, yeah. And also um, when it comes to uh, financial and banking institution sectors, um, there's a guideline, separate guidelines issued by OJK, uh, financial service authorities that can be used by uh, bankers or banking uh, system to um, uh, to uh, support their uh, data protection system. It's called Blueprint. Nice name. Ah, yeah, indeed. Thank you, uh, Sri. And uh, this is really helpful. And I'm sure uh, with uh, the comments and inputs you have shared, uh, our, attend our attendees will have some knowledge or at least uh, they can reach out to us if they need any further information. So Sri, we have one question is, so I'll read the question for you. Is there any notification requirement under Indian laws, uh, Indonesian laws for ransomware attacks or before making any ransomware payments? Um, Actually, uh, from uh, from written law legal uh, from written law perspective, there is no um, there's no mandates that you know uh, payment uh, or notification before making payments to ransomware needs to be conducted. But it is advised uh, through the campaign by the government not to pay 
actually not to pay any ransomware and uh, to notify uh, uh, BS BSSN directly uh, with regards to the, uh, you know, uh, this incidents, especially when it's related to, you know, material information uh, that can be, you know, that can influence um, uh, the the major situation or the material situation of the company and 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 the people. So in short, no, there is no uh, there is no obligation to report. But in the other hand, it is advised not to conduct the payment. Thank you, Sri. So uh, thank you all for attending today's uh, session and hope uh, this was helpful to you. And in case you need any assistance in drafting any of your policies, or in case any response plan or you have any legal questions relating to data breach uh, incidents or ransomware attacks, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, it was uh, a great talking to you, Sri. Thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. And thank you all of Likewise. you for listening to us. Uh, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you.